there was the time that we needed to start at, and then <laughs> the twenty minute lag, as of course is tradition. Mm-hmm. And now we're here. Now we're here. I don't see what the problem is. Episode ninety three. We are very close to a hundred. We should do something special for a hundred. We should. I wonder when it's actually coming up. Probably um, in another seven episodes. <laughs> you, I, we didn't put this in the notes at all, but did you guys run into any April Fool's things that actually affected you on, on the internet? In the, the thing that affected me the most, well, affected as in what, in what sense? As in like, you fell victim to. When I first saw the mic drop, I was like, this is just what I've been wanting. The, being able to unsubscribe from an email thread. Because that's essentially what that was. Was it, though? Does it unsubscribe yeah, you? Yeah. It, it said it said that you do your little mic drop thing, and then you stop receiving emails from that Oh, that so thread. It, it would mute that yeah. thread for you. Yeah. Okay. Which is... You'd still... Yeah, you'd get the email, but it would I I don't know. I didn't get far enough till I realized that it was an April Fool's joke. And it wasn't until I was reading, like, I don't know, it was Android Police or Android Central, that at the end it's like, obviously this is an April Fool's joke. I'm like... Of course. It's an April Fool's joke, but they did do I it. I know, but I was I was hopeful that it was an actual feature to be able to mute or unsubscribe right. a thread. Like, you can set up a filter to do the same thing, but there wasn't really a one-click unsubscribe method, which... Yeah. Actually, there kind of is in that same way, but it's harder to find. You just have to mute the conversation. In Gmail? Yeah. I've never seen that. Is that in oh, I, I believe you, but I, you can do that for sure. Really? I'll, I'll put a link to a how-to article. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Nick, did you uh, run into anything? Did you stay off the internet at all? Um, altogether? Well, I, I had to work until past noon, so I really didn't spend much time on the internet before noon. Mm-hmm. Although, did either of you experience Reddit's Robin experiment? No. No. It's, it's interesting. There's, what was it? There's a button to participate and it starts you out in a little chat room with a random other person. Mm-hmm. And what's their tagline? Let me double check. Okay. I got to, I got to reach past. Well, my mic while here. Nick is looking that up, I want to just yeah. comment on the fact that April fools is the one day where hoaxes are actually obviously hoaxes. <laughs> but at any other day, you still need to be vigilant, but the hoaxes are a lot more, I guess, believable, if you want to call it that. Right. Like, Rob, if we were talking in the Slack channel about uh, that one about, I think it was Matt, no, yeah, it was DiCaprio. Yeah. Was going to move to Calgary. Like that one. Right. That one satire site was like, oh, yeah. was going to Calgary and gave him fake quotes and whatever. And at least locally within Calgary, it was going fairly viral or at least sure. kind of more widespread as truth. Mm-hmm. And you read it and it's like, that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, it is. It's a fake story. But that's the kind of thing that would seem to be a good April Fool's joke, but it's happening not on April Fool's. So sure. it's, it's April Fool's these days isn't really special for hoaxes it's just yeah the hoaxes are more obviously silly and brands are actually saying happy April fools at the end of their thing right. usually people are more aware of the fact that things might be completely fake yeah huh. so 
The tagline for Robin is, humans make connections. Sometimes those connections grow. Sometimes they stay the same. Sometimes they collapse. So it starts you in a chat room and you have three options, abandon, stay, or grow. Okay. If you choose, if like the majority or all choose stay, it creates a new subreddit for just those people. Hmm. If you choose grow, it you merge with another group on the next iteration and you have to click right. every it maxes it at 31 minutes and then there's also the abandon option which just means you you peace out and you go home um so i tried it and started growing because i was like oh this is cool let's see how many members we can get in here it seems neat and then a few people got into the chat room and said yeah you're it's gonna get bad there are def- there's definite pain to growing. And I went, I don't know what this person's talking about. Silly person. It turns out you get a bunch of random people into a room and it just becomes just stupid. <laughs> How so? Can you give an example? It's just people calling each other gay or <laughs> let's build Jeez. a ladder and then trying to get everyone to paste the same thing in there. It's just. It's just a lot of very, very poor quality content. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like the million monkeys situation, but they're really dumb monkeys. <laughs> Even Kinda? dumber than monkeys would be. <laughs> well, I don't know. Cause monkeys would just be hammering on the keyboard, but these people are actually like, you know, just being kind of sort of offensive, not kind of sort of just like offensive or stupid. It's just, so is this an April I, fool's thing? ish they had the button last year i don't know if yeah they did yeah I mean, I was, that's what i was thinking of as you were explaining it to me yeah i'm like team purple now till i die <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah it's just there's speculation that robin is a commentary on twitter yeah that's fair and that would lead nicely into one of our other stories from this week would it would it it really yeah. would the, well let's talk about that then because it was suggested by a listener i'm assuming that's the one you're referring to yeah oh is that yeah. what you're talking okay Tay? yeah yeah the uh the racist i would you call it i almost want to call it a spam bot because that's basically what it turned out to be it was a troll bot yeah i guess yeah. but it wasn't meant to be a troll bot though no it wasn't meant to be but it was meant to talk happened. to the internet and then like learn how to talk convincingly as a person, I think. Yeah. But then you exposed it to the internet and that's just, <laughs> you opened up so, Pandora's box on that specifically Twitter, Twitter, but yeah. So, okay. Th- this, this story was suggested to us by one of our listeners, Ron. So thanks. Thanks Ron for sharing this. It, it is something that's really interesting, but so for me, I didn't actually, I saw this, I saw the headlines, but I didn't actually go and, check it out like i didn't go and look at the account i didn't really hear much about it other than seeing the headlines just so like do either of you know more about the background of the story like how it came up and like it obviously started off on a virtuous path but then quickly went downhill do you guys know what was actually the point of it when when i i looked at the account because like you like you i heard about it but by the time i heard about it it was gone like that's how short-lived it was it was i think it was online for definitely less than a day i don't want to even want to see less than six hours before 
the internet corrupted it. And essentially, it functioned the same way as any other AI chatbot where you res- you ask it something or you say something to it and it responds to you. And then you engage right. in some dialogue. And that's how it learns is it picks up what other people are telling it or responding to it and building on that. And I, I can't say for certain that it was intentional. I imagine it was in some part intentional to get this bot to say really bad things huh um so i I don't know if it's a collaborative effort or just everyone on their own decided to do it but long story short it just started replying to people with really really bad things okay and that's when microsoft pulled the plug on it and just ran it as a human Mm. and then eventually just stopped using it at all okay yeah, and she got into she got into nine and eleven denial really quickly. Jeez, oh, and I no nine eleven skepticism and Holocaust mm. denial. That's Yikes. what she got into pretty quickly. So was this like it's an AI? So it's supposed to learn, I guess, from Twitter users. So mm-hmm. was it hearing things and then repeating them? Like it, it just basically didn't have any filter to as to what to learn. I have no idea. I couldn't. If I had to guess, it probably started with a bare bones AI chat framework yeah. and then built on that using what it learned from other users. But I, I don't I don't know for sure what the whole basis of it was. Right. It yeah, it's very intriguing because it kind of seems like they wanted to figure out if this would work as an experiment, but then maybe they tweaked the <clears throat> the algorithms too far on the side of Let's see what the average Twitter user is like. And there's just a lot of, yeah, especially particularly people who will just see a new weird account come up and start tweeting yeah. whatever their pet issue is that's horrible. You know what they need to do is do this again, but with an account that no one knows is the AI account. And then just however long down the road, be like, surprise, this is an AI account and this is what we found with it. But right. as soon as you tell people, hey, this is an AI account that you can talk to, people are going to abuse that. But right. if they just release this into the wild and had it, you know, engage in conversation, I guess the whole issue is that if there, if it was set up that people had to add it to have it learn, then they need to let people know that it's there to actually talk to it. So I don't know. You'd almost need to set up like a script to just randomly reply to people versus yeah. actually getting people to initiate the conversation with it. Right. But I think once, if you had a setup so that it could just reply to people randomly or algorithmically, and then people in, engage with it that way, it probably wouldn't pass. It probably would pass a Turing test right off the bat, just because it's Twitter, sure. right? Hmm. And but at least if you had it learned that way, then people wouldn't be able to abuse it, right? There's another uh, dimension to this, and apparent like I. I was listening to day six from CBC radio one, because of course I was, um, and there was a feminist criticism of the Tay story in that the, some, oh, I can't remember who they were. They were important people, scholars, and they were saying that that definitely were gentlemen, matched. Were the gentlemen and as well, gentlemen and scholars? No, they were ladies. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yes. Um, not questioning their gentility, but they were ladies. <laughs> so right. they uh, they were saying that 
the experience of Tay really matched their social media experience well. Because hmm. apparently once a woman gets a decent enough following on Twitter, that's when they say the hate eggs come out. Right. Because, you know, if you don't have a picture, it's just an egg. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, there, the other issue, like, we saw this also this week with the whole, with the release of Nintendo Mitomo. Uh, it was, like, either the day before or the day after it launched with the... One of the Nintendo employees, Allison Rapp, I believe her name is, got f- fired or let go or whatever word you want to use to be most accurate. I don't I don't know the full situation, but she was part of Gamergate or at least like tangentially involved in that she was like feminist and going with dealing with these issues and being in game, game development, being a woman. And it was getting like, you know, the regular like I say regular. It's so terrible, like death threats and just all kinds of horrible stuff like like tay was saying and so she was let go and then there was this whole big thing about uh nintendo and people saying oh we should boycott nintendo and they're this new ios app that they released or maybe it's ios and android and yeah so like this is this does happen all the time to women especially women in tech and women in game development for some bizarre reason yeah women on social media i don't yeah I don't, I wonder sometimes if it's just, if these are younger people that are doing it, that just, you know, cause teenagers are stupid. Mm-hmm. They don't fully, like their brain isn't fully developed enough to fully comprehend consequences of actions. Yeah. But like, I kind of hope it's that too, because like, otherwise these are just fully functioning adults that are idiots. I don't know if you guys follow Will Wheaton on Twitter. Yeah. So his wife, Ann Wheaton, is also on Twitter. Yeah. And she was. Well, she, so that's the thing. So she was and then left because of what you're talking about. Like she had a bunch of experiences with just bad people. Um, and she ended up leaving, but I think now she's been posting a bit more. Like she, she has tweeted a couple of times since I've, been on twitter recently so but yeah her experiences and if yeah you can talk to just about any high profile enough female on twitter that that the experience is the same and i don't know if it's the kind of thing where like it's a critical mass where it's there you just don't notice it or there isn't enough but there's gonna be a certain percentage of people that behave that way and it's just amplified or just there when you're a woman like a man's not gonna get that same sort of interaction i guess Mm -hmm. Um, and just drop to touch on the story you're talking about without getting into it too much. The issue was, yeah, like the Gamergate thing where she was trying to get rid of sexism in games, but then I guess she was like holding some sort of second job. And then that was like the official party line for why she was let go was she had a second job. And then people started speculating on, on what that second job was. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, in either case, it's just, she, she was getting this interaction from people and it's just yeah a sad reality of the internet today i think right i mean yeah i i don't know obviously the the whole story behind it and maybe we never will find out but it kind of seems like if you're in the public per like circles at all your second job is kind of social media and whatever stuff you're dealing with for working in the public sphere like Brianna Wu, who's one of the main targets of 
uh the gamergate thing when it first came out and obviously it's still like it's still going on it hasn't stopped like she she works for this huge game development company and or not probably not huge but well pretty well known game development company and her that's her main job but she also does a bunch of panels on like sexism in games and she talks all the time about this the issues on twitter like that is basically also part of her job so to say like to say that dealing with issues that relate to your field isn't part of your job like it sounds like that's what they're saying this other part of her like her other job was was kind of activism and that kind of thing okay she may have had other employment i'm not sure about that but yeah yeah it it's weird she's also just generated a lot of um a lot of controversy over the stuff she posts yeah just because like i guess a lot of the really sensational things she comes out with are easily disproven easily and often disproven once they hit the internet Hmm. so i like the last thing i saw about it i didn't realize what it was until like until i got you know midway through the comments but uh she was talking about you know how how in a lot of games all you see is a woman's butt and you never see a man's butt or a man's butt is usually just clouded somehow but whoever the person who did the video was they just you know overdubbed the complete opposite situation over the video she had made originally where all you could see was man's butts and then there were a few (laughs) counter examples where when she's saying you know they'll have some some element of the costume to cover the butt up on a man they had a woman character or a woman sprite walking around with a very coverall bit of armor or whatever okay okay yeah and there was also i are we all familiar with gamergate enough to talk about it i think i don't know if i am enough but we can try i remember i think i'm pretty sure that one of the issues there was she said you got points for killing prostitutes in this one game okay and like everyone who had played that game ever came out and said no like you there one there are no points really and you're heavily penalized if you kill a prostitute in this game hmm like so just blatantly misrepresenting the facts that fit her narrative. Okay. Right. And so and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if she got dumped just because, you know, she was causing too much controversy. Right. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate that there's that other connection. So it kind of clouds the issue where you can't really separate the two. But yeah, obviously there's gonna be a lot more to the story. And and to her credit, she when like even though it happened even after it happened people were saying boycott nintendo don't get any buy any more of their games she went on the record and said don't don't boycott it (laughs) like uh you don't have to do that if it's something you think you'll enjoy then like don't don't stop using or stop liking nintendo Mm. and so yeah this is pretty fresh still so a lot of the fallout probably hasn't happened or been heard about yet but we'll see what happens Hmm. uh so i guess we should probably get the show back on track um i i really do want to talk about a few of the big stories we have obviously nintendo uh not nintendo tesla released a car or announced showed off a car this week and uh, i do want to talk about that but we we have some follow-up so why don't we why don't we run through these nick i assume these first two were you but you didn't actually write your name yeah those are definitely me 
What do you got? Uh, it turns out the FBI didn't need Apple's help after all. The FBI mm-hmm. definitely cracked the phone related to the San Bernardino shooters or the San Bernardino shooting. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's just coincidental, but that really feeds the narrative that they didn't actually need Apple's help. They just wanted a judicial precedent. Yeah. What do you guys think? I uh, I feel the same way. It, the timing is just way too coincidental. It was like this all happened immediately after Apple publicly on stage at their event came out and said, you know, we stand behind what we said uh, in press releases. We stand behind what we said in the original kind of hearings that they had. And all the stuff that they filed in this case just completely said, uh, like, we're standing up for... In, encryption and not having to build software around it, uh, not having to build backdoors into our, into their products. And yeah, I think the FBI had something in their back pocket, obviously like it's an older version of iOS, which presumably could be jailbroken or like has exploits that could have been uh, exploited. And so this doesn't really seem like that big of a deal in, in that, it was kind of what we suspected was possible all along. If if suits has taught me anything, it's that lawyers will try to maximize the return on their efforts mm-hmm. before before uh, going ahead with it. So if they if they're like, oh, we'll just send it to whoever to unlock it. It's like, wait, but if we get Apple to, we can get that legal precedent. And as yeah. Nick was saying, and and obviously they didn't. So it's like, oh, fine, okay, let's just get them to unlock it. But I. The alternative theory is I like to think that they actually did send it to McAfee and he got his guys to, <laughs> oh, to unlock it. But <laughs> um, yeah, I don't so know. So it doesn't have to eat a shoe. It's, it's so what I'm of- really hearing is that Harvey Specter strolled into <laughs> the FBI headquarters and said, listen, here's what you're going to do. You're going to drop this case because you're not going to get anywhere. And then like slapped a bunch of files down. It's like, that's for you. You can read through that. And just like locked out. <laughs> And Mike exactly. just like eyed him a little bit and then followed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of unnerving that we don't know how they unlocked it. Like, yeah. I just my scientific tech curiosity wants to know, but the citizen side of me also wants to know. Yeah. So, okay. This is the thing. At this point, the FBI might be a special case. So maybe this doesn't quite apply. And there also could be other security intelligence firms involved. Uh, a lot of people are saying either the NSA or CIA might have also kind of had people working on it. And so there's, there's two kinds of hackers in this world, people who break into stuff. There's black hat and there's white hat. And government doesn't really fall under either of those. But this case really seems closer to black hat than it does to white hat in that the FBI is saying they aren't going to and don't need to disclose the exploit that was used to apple so that they can fix it in future versions just and it's almost like a like playground taunting or trash talk and they're like you didn't break into the iphone for us so we're not going to tell you how we broke into it for you right and it kind of seems like it's just almost like there's just holding onto a grudge like being children about it whereas if this is a real exploit for future versions like to make software more secure in general that's what kind of they have bug bounty programs and and they have you know ethical reporting of of flaws or glitches in software 
And the FBI is just like, no, we're the government. And since you screwed us over, we're going to screw you over potentially in the future. But, For all we know, they actually didn't break into the phone. Well, uh, well absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I completely yeah. like that's something we didn't even really mention. But well, that, it's very possible they just gave up and didn't yeah. decide they didn't need it or didn't want to go through this. Yeah. Well, and that that's why... My original comment on Twitter was, you know, this this seems to call for a Pixar didn't happen. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, we totally did it, guys. Ha ha, didn't need you. And then yeah. it's like, don't show them the phone. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think they do that. But for all we know, they that is the case. But yeah. And the, and the whole thing about like public opinion at the beginning was very much on the side of FBI. But it. Was shifted it? pretty quickly was yeah it? it really was i think it was yeah really okay because yeah. i the saw FBI wanted in support of the fbi they wanted terrorism yeah. to win they wanted to take the patriotic thing and like we got to figure this out we got to make sure this doesn't happen again terrorism and fear and all this american it, pride it, and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah it shifted and then the fbi got presumably got cold feet and again either they decided to go another way or they just gave up and didn't actually get into the phone we may never actually find that out i'm still gonna just go out and declare shenanigans yeah <laughs> shenanigans all around shady as shade mm-hmm. or some other word you might want to insert there <laughs> all right what's next nick so that's just it that's just we're gonna just turn off our feelings on that one <laughs> We're going to, uh, I mean, we've, we've, I've said my feelings. I mean, at the risk of me being a, being labeled a hypocrite because suddenly I want to talk about cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you still have to say? I, I'm interested. Yeah, I, I I'm just interested feel too. like we could spend a whole two hours talking about the sin, the FBI and Apple. Well, we could talk about security and encryption a lot for, yeah, for a while, but this is also think- like the very first time I've ever been this pro apple in anything wow yeah i was totally on apple's side from the beginning which is crazy because i never thought that would happen so you sold your android phone what which one did you get did you get the i didn't new- sell it i still have it i got the nexus 5 oh yeah <laughs> i just assumed you bought an iphone no no i i i support them morally <laughs> in that specific <laughs> <Not financially>. instance <laughs> I still think Linux is freedom, and that's why I have an Android phone. Right. Yeah. So I guess my next story then, because, you know, we should have an all-encryption special in a few weeks. Should. Just a heads up. Well, we'll put a password on it. <laughs> some, with some Can we make that password 1234? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, long, long-time listeners <laughs> who listen to this part right now will know to just punch in 1234 absolutely and we can talk about what a terrible password one two three four is (laughs) so crispr yeah we've talked about crispr in the past we have crispr has had a new uh a new accomplishment it has cured hiv in a human patient so far as i understand it (laughs) i like that disclaimer at the end there (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay maybe it's not a full human but Oh, so the lead line is scientists edited HIV-1 DNA out of the genome of human immune cells, preventing virus replication and reinfection of the cleared cells. Mm. So this isn't curing HIV from a patient. This is like taking cells and removing HIV from them. Yeah, I think so. That, not that that's not to diminish that result, but this is like step one complete. And then it's 
Yeah, that's like you do that before doing it on rats and then you do it on rats before doing it on people. Right. But that's, I don't know, that's crazy because like how long have people been at trying to cure HIV? Right. And we're that much closer. Yeah, the the whole thing now when when HIV and AIDS first kind of hit what you'd call I guess you'd call epidemic levels the whole thing was that you had a few years like it was something that you just you got it and then really there was nothing you could do similar to cancer in whereas now we've got treatments and stuff for certain types of cancers HIV was kind of you get it and then you live out your remaining few years and and die from AIDS. Well, you die but, of something unrelated. Oh yeah, exactly. You get an infection and you just die. But right now, currently when you get HIV, it's not necessarily a death sentence. It's something you can't cure or get rid of. Yeah. There are drug therapies to yeah. prevent you one from dying two from passing it on to other people. Yeah. There are but ways to, tr- to, yeah, do I still better. don't know. If, so you- I still don't know if, or how exactly it works. Cause HIV is the human immunodeficiency virus, I think. Mm-hmm. And then AIDS is yeah. acquired immunodeficiency. Yeah, syndrome. yeah. Immunodeficiency syndrome. Syndrome. Or disorder or something. Oh, syndrome. Oh, yes, because yeah. AIDS. Uh, yeah. Right. Details. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, for, yeah, AIDS, I think, arises from HIV. Yeah. That's, yeah, it uh, does. That's my understanding of it. So I'm wondering, like, is AIDS just when HIV is totally taken over? Or. Yeah. Okay, because then you could cure AIDS with using CRISPR. Right. Well, it's not really curing. It's preventing you from being able to... No, no, this is a cure. This is editing HIV out of human cells. Right, and then preventing you... Like, it's basically... It's almost, it seems like, tweaking antibodies to be able to not... Like, to be able to recognize the virus and... Maybe not antibodies. Maybe that's the wrong word. Antivirals. I don't. I forget. I, all this. Uh, like normally, what you take is antiretroviral drugs, and this makes it so that your cells can't be infected with HIV anymore. Somehow. Yeah. But it's by tweaking your cells. So it's, I'm assuming it's your cells' right. defenses. Right. Like your immune system. Right. So I'll just read this quote. The findings are important on multiple levels. Khalili says in a press release, they demonstrate the effectiveness of our gene editing system in eliminating HIV from the DNA of CD4 T cells and by introducing mutations into the viral genome, permanently inactivating its replication. Further, they show that the system can protect cells from reinfection and that the technology is safe for the cells with no toxic effects. So it's actually two parts. This there's a part, it sounds like for the human T cells but there's also a part that mutates the genome, the HIV virus itself. Yeah. Or is it the... So you would, you're deactivating the virus and protecting the human cells. Yeah. Because they call it a system. So it sounds like it's a two-part thing. I guess. Yeah. But it, it's really cool and sounds extremely advanced. So we'll have to see it. It's probably going to be a few years before this gets to human trials, but... It's uh, it could be very close to the end for HIV. Do we know? Because cancers are just mutations in the genome, right? Yes. Well, among other many 
things, but yeah, mutations. Well, like, you know, it's usually that's where it starts. Yeah. Does this mean that you could just edit out that mutation? Uh, in theory, I think it would, but it's kind of like saying all you have to do is find a needle in a haystack that's trillions of tons of hay. So it's like you could do it, but you'd have to, you'd have to target because the mutation could happen anywhere and it would cause a variety of cancer. It doesn't necessarily happen at one spot. Yeah. But if you could sequence, if you could sequence a genome quickly, if you could sequence a genome and maybe we'll get to that with personalized medicine where maybe we'll get to that at some point where you could sequence a genome because 23andMe does it fairly quickly now and fairly inexpensively. I kind of want to get 23andMe done just to see yeah. what it says. But so if you get that done quickly, eventually we could probably come up with targeted therapy that would look at the mutations that you have and then quickly kind of almost like 3D print, but for medicine, uh, a, a CRISPR I guess it's a virus, so like little viral strand that would correct the mutation. But by that point, I think it would be probably more effective. Is if you would be if you had a tumor, they could look at the tumor and develop again the kind of three D printing of medicine uh, a CRISPR strand that would stop in the same way they stop uh, HIV virus from multiplying, stop the tumors tumorous cells from multiplying, depending on whatever mutation they had. But it would take very specific work and it would take like it would be one specific mutation that would cause it to kind of need to be turned off but it wouldn't necessarily be the a mutation in the same spot it's like you wouldn't be able to design a therapy for one patient and necessarily apply it to other patients no 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 it's just yeah. if you could sequence quickly enough you could potentially find that find that mutation mutation and edit it out yeah or at least edit out the mutation that stops that starts the cells kind of multiplying out of control we should talk to a doctor we should talk to a doctor (laughs) so uh do you have anything else to say on that i'm still just in awe of CRISPR in general yeah i know it seems like things are coming fast and furious i think it seems like furious yeah the, the main hurdle to come to overcome is being able to scale up the CRISPR methods Right. Mm. From editing out single cells, having it be self spreading with, with things like this. Yeah. Where, where instead of editing out, you know, a region of cells from HIV that you're able to just start the process and have it do its thing. Well, it's the region of DNA, not cells. Potatoes, potatoes. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Potato, tomato. Is DNA within the cells? So essentially you have to go from cell to cell. But yeah, I know what you mean, Nick. We get but you know what I mean saying. too. <laughs> uh huh. See, that's the thing we need a word for. I need a phrase for that. <laughs> we mutually understand each other. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Mike, you also have a few pieces to follow up here. I do. This kind of came out of nowhere, but caught on the heels of uh, of Google's initiative to offer data only. T-Mobile apparently is going to start releasing uh, a plan that's data only as well. And it was supposed to be coming into effect on March 30th, but that doesn't seem... Because I just checked the T-Mobile page and they don't seem to have anything on it. Right. But I guess there's a leaked 
internal memo from from Team Mobile talking about the data only plan, which is going to be called a simple choice data only plan. So they already have this simple choice plans, right? And this is a simple choice data only plan that someone with a phone line can sign up for, and it includes unlimited texting. So you're essentially going to get data plus SMS. The the current price structure they have is twenty bucks for two gigabytes. 35 for 6, 50 for 10, 65 for 14, 80 for 18, or 95 for 22. Right. Uh, it seems like they're setting the 50 bucks for 10 gigabytes as like a sweet spot because I think for a lot of people that would be enough. Because I think yeah, yeah. the 35 for 6 is uh, is a bit shy of what a lot of people might need, but it should still be good for a lot of people. Six gigabytes of mobile data. Hold on. Yeah. There's a disconnect here because Nick is thinking six gigs. I'm never going to use six gigs. That is what I'm thinking to, to people who a just got new phones. Hello, Nick. And (laughs) people who have some time on commutes or what, or like watching online video, it's super easy to go through six gigs. Like I yeah. go through between 15 and 30 every month and I don't, I don't listen. I don't watch a lot on mobile, but like it adds up really quickly. Yeah. Oh my God. I have a story for you guys. I don't think I've told you this yet. Okay. Um, I was helping a buddy move out here and, uh, we went to the U-Haul rental place and one, I'm convinced that that is a terrible workplace because it appears to have sapped the enthusiasm out of every single worker there. (laughs) How can we help you today? That's great. You've reserved. And uh, so we have a truck out there for you. Would you like to purchase blah? No, that's fine. How about blah? Like just completely unbreaking apathy. Just earth shattering apathy. And so one guy was like, or no, the two of them, the girls like they're just chatting afterwards. Like, yeah, my mobile bill was like four hundred dollars this month. Wow! <laughs> wow. And it was like hers was two hundred, and this other guy was like, yeah, mine was like four hundred. That's what you that's what you get when you use like nine gigs of of uh, overage data. And I, Derek and I both just like looked at each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just shocked looks on our faces and we get out and start going other places. Like, how do you even, how much HD porn do you need to stream to rack up well, $900 no, in overages? It's not the money though. It's the amount. Nine gigs isn't that much. Yeah. It's not that much. Anyway. So, so the, like <sighs> I should have just spoken up and said, listen, you need to get an unlimited data plan. It'll be like 90 bucks, a hundred bucks every month. But it sounds like you're going to save money in the long yeah. run. That's what I <laughs> should have said. Sense. Yeah. But I didn't say anything because I was just, I was just so awestruck by how you could go that far over your data limit and not, not care almost. One not care, but not do anything about just it. Just accept like, it. Yeah, like oh, this is just how it is. You have to pay that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, and it's those kinds of people that cause netflix to throttle their video yeah their video because people go over their data it's it's the people who don't do anything about it yeah and it's like oh, or, or they'll get it and then complain about it it's like right you did this to yourself 
Yeah, you really <laughs> did. And it sounds like you're okay with it and it's a normal occurrence. So every month you're paying $400 for your cell phone? <laughs> That's just... Yeah, so on the topic of, you know, data plans and yeah. what is and is not reasonable. <laughs> or wait, maybe it was... I don't know. I forget what the figures were, but it was a lot. Yeah. I, I've i been saying for a long time, I would get an unlimited data plan and 22 gigs for $95, which seems to be the highest one they have here on uh, on T-Mobile. That's much more reasonable than anything I've seen in Canada, even with the exchange rate. But it's still not like, what if I use 23 gigs? It's that it's the last, it's the overages that always kill you. If you're buying 22 gigabytes of data for $95, it should be like 50 cents a gig when you go over. It shouldn't be $10 a gig when you go over. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. It sounds like just going back to this plan they're offering that you are maintaining your phone number, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming that any incoming calls would just be on a pay per use basis, which is perfectly fine. Like I'd be okay with that. Yeah. 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 Um, because that, that's honestly the only reason I couldn't go data only is because I'd want to keep my phone number to have people call me. Right. But if, if a plan said, you know, even if it's like a buck per incoming call, I'd be okay with that because yeah. I literally don't get any incoming calls from people that couldn't otherwise call me over yeah. data or whatever. Yeah. So now that uh, Google Hangouts has introduced uh, caller ID, like outbound caller ID, that's all I use for outbound right. calls now. The, the thing with that is I find the call quality isn't very reliable really yeah it's i because i've i often use that to call long distance numbers for obvious yeah. reasons and a lot of the time i can tell you the person has is having a hard time hearing me and it's just it's not super great right now do, at least do you do it recently not crazy recently no because i've done it like every i've always done it and there was a while there a couple of years ago where I I had that same experience, but I've been using it now and now it has always like the last 15 or 20 calls I've had over the last year, year and a half. It's perfect call quality. I haven't had any of those issues you're, okay. you're describing that I've experienced. And like I've, it's perfect connection. I like I've had hour and a half long phone calls to a phone number, like to a cell phone or a landline that were totally fine the entire way through. Even on cell, like on cell, I've had like 10 minute, 15 minute conversations, but yeah, it, it's a lot more robust than it used to be. And it sounds better. Like now it's the HD. It sounds more like the HD voice type of thing mm -hmm. than it did when it first launched. And it was kind of like comparable to a cell phone quality where like a flip phone, for instance, well, bad, yeah, it, bad cell phone quality. Yeah, yeah. Not great. But now it's fantastic. So I really uh, like being able to call people just calling them just gonna go on record as saying that calling them by phone with a phone yeah is that what you mean yeah yeah i hate that just like i had like there was a buddy of mine who he had a lead on some ndt stuff he's actually in ndt now he's like hey can i oh, just, well. can i call you and can we talk about this and it's like yeah i didn't have to think about it at all hmm. i'm okay just, with people calling me we i just talking. don't want to be paying for it yeah it's or paying for it on a monthly basis when I don't need it monthly. Oh, right. Anyway. Um, yeah. So then in other, uh, 
I just, I want to point out, I like that you can be like, no, you need like 20 gigs of data at least as a normal amount. Like you gotta have that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, self or, oh, like unlimited talk or unlimited phone calls. I don't want to have to pay for that all the time. Because you can voice call using data. That's the whole yep. point. You absolutely can. <laughs> okay. And should. Okay, Kay. guys. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, Robbie, you you're explaining to us before how you're trying to cancel, or you did cancel with... Rogers. Rogers. And it was very painless. Surprisingly yeah. painless. Yeah. So... People in the States working with Comcast haven't had the same type of experience as you had. And right. it was, there's been a couple more infamous cases where people explain the trouble they had to go through. So one of these was, uh, this guy named Ryan. I have to pull I up. I think that. it's Ryan Block. I didn't actually yeah, look this yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Block. And, uh, he posted a audio recording, I believe, of his phone conversation trying to cancel his Comcast bill first comcast service and it was very long and very hilarious in hindsight yeah and uh so now a california assemblyman i don't know what the canadian equivalent of that is possibly alderman or counselor like that um he's proposing a bill that would allow californians to cancel their internet or cable service online with quote-unquote one click yeah. So essentially make it as painless as it is to sign up for a service. He wants to allow people to mm. unsign up. Um, and I guess this TechCrunch guy dubbed it Ryan's law because of the, sure. that, that case. But the whole, the whole point is to allow the consumer to, to just cancel with ease without having people try to convince you to stay or just give you the runaround or kind of escalate right. the, the call you know, 50 times and, and that yeah. kind of thing. I, I'm not sure how I feel about this because like, obviously when you sign up for something, you're often entering into a contract that doesn't necessarily warrant a one click cancellation. Sure. But I, I do agree that there should be an option of like, would you like to try to be convinced to stay? Press one. <laughs> would you like to cancel immediately? No questions asked. Press two and and go that route because there's times when I call and I and I want to know if there's anything that can be done to keep me to say the same way that you were, Rob. Yeah, I think yeah. when when you were trying to to cancel, but it's either one or the other at this point. And right. and I think it should be the kind of thing where it's, it should be you know quote unquote law or regulated that if someone wants to cancel, no questions asked, just let them know and then that should be that they shouldn't have to be oh well can i offer you this can i have you talk to whoever like yeah that that shouldn't be a thing if someone doesn't want that hmm. yeah absolutely and i've actually heard a similar situation when it comes to utilities because in at least in calgary when you're trying to cancel with um and max isn't as as bad but there's this other one called direct energy where if you sign up with them and then try to cancel, it's it's very difficult because they'll either say, oh, yeah, we'll cancel, and then they don't, or you have to wait however many days or all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Um, we'll see where this we'll see where this goes. But they have to it, they have to get the different electrons into your house, Mike, and that's <laughs> you got to you got to allow for that kind of time. You can't just shut that off. <laughs> how are they How are they supposed to like reroute their electricity into your outlets? 
without some some prep time. I'm sure they got to like purge the lines of everyone else's electricity and then get their electricity to you. Like it's, yep. it's probably a really really complicated system, right? It has to be. No, it must. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the 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 only problem that I have with that with the easy like one click cancellation is like for, for the same reason I've never used one click ordering on Amazon is that I would want to know if there's some exception exceptional thing. I think I the want, one click I think the one click is a bit of a hyperbole. Is I, I, one I, click ordering from Amazon a hyperbole? Oh, or no, no, it's it not. No, it's it? not. No, I, I, I'm not arguing. But as far as this goes, the one click is hyperbole to explain how easy it should be. But mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. So I think the best possible system is like, because what you want to not have to do is you don't want to have to call the company and then kind of fight to cancel. Yeah. But so you could have a thing on your account that says cancel account online. You click it. And if you're not on a contract, if there's no other stipulations to have to deal with, that should be a thing you cancel. But it tends to be with cable, with internet, that you'll have some kind of hardware that you have to not have anymore in order for the service to fully be canceled so it's not it's not going to be that simple yeah but there's an in-between line where you don't have to fight with someone for 10 or 15 minutes or hours in in probably many cases uh to cancel services and you shouldn't necessarily have to call unless there's some kind of thing that needs to be cleared up yeah but yeah it's not going to be like the amazon it's like the Amazon Dash, the buttons that order stuff for you, that's terrifying. How like that's so black boxy. I, How I want that? that though. Have you never been in that situation where like you're in the fridge and you're like, oh crap, I'm out of milk. And then you're like, okay, I better like add that to my list and actually remember to go and get it. But instead you just like press the button when you're running out of milk. But it, I assume you'd ha- there'd be a lot of setup. You'd have to like there it's one button. It's right. like the yo of Hold on, groceries. hold on, hold on. Is Amazon the milkman now? Is that what's happened? I guess not, not with of. milk, but they have they have like laundry detergent is one famous. I'm one. sorry that yeah. that was supposed to be a joke. I guess that just fell flat oh, on its face because yeah. you're both like, well, no, Nick, that's that's not exactly <laughs> the situation. <'Cause, laughs> yeah. As I, I much as it. I'm sure Amazon has a finger in the dairy business. Yeah. Actually, do they? <laughs> yeah, they have they have grocery delivery, right? Yeah, they do. In, well, in, in some in some locations. locations. Yeah, but so. The the problem that I have is that I don't know, I, like I, I, you have to set the not like having a tide button. It they're are they just going to send you something? I assume you have to set no, it you, in preferences, and then yeah. like, what if you want a different one? Like it just seems like it's not okay unless it's something that you get the exact same thing every time, and you just yeah. like you just want it in a couple days from when you press the button, day or two, whatever. It doesn't seem like it's that much more convenient. Rob, I don't have one, but I'm assuming you can configure one on your account to say, when I press this button, send me this amount of this product, Right. you know, within this many days. So do you have an example of something that you would want, that you would actually want a dedicated one button for? Yes. Milk and eggs and bread. I would not want that to be delivered to me at an arbitrary time when it's perishable it, it wouldn't be arbitrary. Item. It'd be within, you know, one to three business days. Right. But that's like Comcast. That's a four hour window. You're basically setting yourself a th- one to three day window 
for delivery. Oh, you just mean being you just mean being home to accept the delivery. Right. Well, for the case of perishables, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, fine. If you're talking about perishables, then yeah, it would have to be within a couple hours. And it's like, yeah, I, okay, fine. Because to me, yeah. deliveries are the worst. If you work during the day. Right. Like, this is this is a problem with deliveries, not necessarily with the one-click Amazon thing. Like, I would love to have a one button that I press where something would show up at my house. But if it goes to the post office, how is that any different than me going to the grocery store and getting it? Oh, no, you wouldn't. No. Why would you send groceries to the post office? No, I'm not talking about gro- like laundry detergent. If you ordered it from Amazon. Yeah, no, that, that would go to your house. But what if you were home? They'd leave it on your doorstep. Would they or would they take it to the post office? It okay. depends where and it's see, coming from. This is where you need like the ring doorbell system. And then when they ring it, then you talk to them and say, yeah, just leave it on the doorstep. Sure. I'm not saying there aren't solutions. I'm saying one yeah. click is very confusing and not specific yeah. enough for me to be useful in right. any. I don't think there's any product that I would want to just get in one to three days to have a to want a button for. I I can't think of a good example of something where with shipping being the way it is that I, like if you could have if you could combine the Amazon dash button with the local one hour delivery or what or the drone delivery, for instance, where you would know that when you press this within like pizza delivery within 30 minutes or less, you'd have it. That would be mm-hmm. fantastic. Right. But with current shipping and like Amazon Prime two day guarantee, that's not the situation we have. Right. For me, it's is when I notice we're running out of something, say garbage bags or yeah. detergent or whatever, and I'm using it. I'm like, oh, we're running low or oh, we're out. Oh, I better remember to like put this on our grocery list and then actually pick it up. So if if as long as I put it on the grocery list and that's fine. If I yeah. don't remember that, then it's, it's I'm not gonna walk past and be like, oh yeah, we need more of that. You're just gonna mm-hmm. forget it and then get home and be like, oh crap, we needed that. Right. And then it's if just I, like a vicious yeah. cycle. If I had some of those buttons hooked up to IFTTT that would add things to my grocery list on demand, that would be fantastic. Kai and I have a Google Doc for the grocery list. It can be yeah. edited use, anywhere use and keep. accessed anywhere. Yeah, Google Keep works really well for that because you can share a list. Yeah, we all oh, use. Okay. Yeah, Julie and I have iOS stuff, so we use iCloud reminders. But actually, that's a good idea, own. Rob. the The IFTT button. But you'd need like you'd need a thousand buttons like stashed around your pantry, labeled with stuff. I'd be okay be with like, that. Yeah, so would I. But to be honest, <laughs> yeah, huh. I should, this, I should uh, see if you can hack a dash button to do that. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure you can. You could also just get a bunch of Raspberry Pis or a bunch of right. But then you have like to that. like hook it into like an actual account and, and do all yeah. that. That'd be kind of painful, but someday, someday. So this got out of hand. Do you want to <laughs> finish up follow up here? Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah. So the last thing I have here is Sportsnet, the ESPN equivalent, actually TSN is the ESPN equivalent in Canada, but right. Sportsnet is a TSN slash ESPN competitor, I guess. And They've released a service to have people sign up for Sportsnet content, full Sportsnet content for 25 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And this is a service that you can use on your tablet, piece, uh, phone, or desktop computer. Yeah. Uh, obviously through an app or through a browser. So this isn't, they're, they're not stream, they're not sending it to a TV the same way cable is. It's just they're giving you access to the content on a, uh, I guess over the top internet based access. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good idea, you know, to offer, I guess a Netflix of sports, but one channel. Right. 
but yeah. it's it's same principle that you can access the same type of content without having to sign up for cable. And I I know so 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 many people who only have cable to watch sports. Um, yeah, that's true. I think I think Nick Nick is in the same the same boat with that. Hey Nick, where you guys pay for cable to get sports content? Or I do you pay lo- for cable? I love how perfectly that was timed. Um, yeah, I, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, we do not have cable. Okay. So, so how do you guys watch sports? Or do you? Quasi-legal methods. Okay. So I was just tell, I was just talking about how Sportsnet's offering a $25 a month access to their Sportsnet channel content, either through an app or desktop. 25 um, a month? Yeah. So I, I was just saying how a lot of people, they only pay for cable for sports. Oh, like, my God. The, the, They'll come out and say that. So with this, you don't need the cable anymore. You can just pay for Sportsnet and Sportsnet That's right amazing. now. Amazing. Yeah. No. It, Do they it, have I, like I, the I, local restrictions? So I, I don't know the details of that. I'd imagine they wouldn't because they. I'd don't. imagine they would. To be honest, you think so? Uh, when I had when I was with Rogers, we had Game Center included in our package. Yeah. And there were still some some random arbitrary local restrictions sometimes. Okay. Yeah, Very like because if your local stadium isn't sold out, then you can't watch that game locally. Yeah. Right. So okay, I was always frustrated because when the Leafs played the Senators, I couldn't watch it. Yeah. Because or when the Leafs were at the Senators, I couldn't watch it. Cause because that would never sell out. <laughs> it's like. Well, no, because well, Ottawa, people and Ottawa be, doesn't sell out. <laughs> it's like clearly people need to go to the games. It's like, or I can't afford the at least thirty dollars to be in the upper bowl and the two hours round trip that it takes to get there for the three hour game. <laughs> right. <laughs> Built a stadium in the middle of an effing cornfield. <laughs> like literally, I've told people about that here. They're like, oh, where is? Where is Ottawa's stadium? It's like it's in Kanata. They're they're trying to move it into the city, but it's in a burb outside. They're like, oh, really? Like, what is there to do around there? It's like nothing. It's literally in the middle of a cornfield, right? So I just I have the Sportsnet app, sorry, and I noticed I have, the update. I have live follow up. I have live follow up from my research yeah, staff. That? Apparently that's why Ottawa Senators games always start half an hour late because it's to give people time to get to the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) So like when when hockey night in Canada is on at seven o'clock, the Senators game will start at seven 30 because it gives people from the actual city time to get to the stadium to get there after work. Yeah. Kaya, (laughs) Kaya did a, a program at Algonquin College for event management. They actually talked to one of the guys from the Senators and he was just beside himself with how much he hated Toronto and how Toronto gets all the advantages. <laughs> and so for Hockey Night in Canada, they would never choose Ottawa because it started half an hour late. But it started right. half an hour late because you have to give people time to get to the stadium because it takes bloody forever. Hmm. That's funny. I mean, forever... In comparison to, you know, reasonable standpoints, like, yeah, I can walk to the Saddle Dome in like 20 minutes from downtown, from downtown being very specific to you. 
from from my area downtown although yeah. it's it's also on the c train line and they're yeah. oh, planning yeah, on sure. moving the stadium to a different stop on the c train line <laughs> because that's it's what they, a competent moving. organization does where are they it, moving it to or what are they talking about they're trying like, to move it to uh sorry go ahead mike well i was gonna say they're not moving it per se they're moving it they're, they're building a new one they're building right. a new one so that the flames can go there <laughs> Yeah. They want to where? Uh it's I forget the name of the stop. It's like one or two stops on the west line. Yeah. Isn't it Sonalta? Sonalta, yeah. They're putting it at Sonalta station and they're hoping near, to f- near the near the Greyhound bus depot, Rob. Just oh, okay. west of downtown. They're hoping huh. to free up the space on the Stampede grounds for other like events and stuff. I don't even know if the Saddle Dome will still be there. Huh. I uh I have not lived in Calgary since the southwest line opened. But this seems like it's there, close. The southwest Oh that what? line, yeah. Well I mean southwest line Street. in that yeah, it goes it's... straight west. <laughs> I mean relative to the northwest. It's still line. southwest. It's seventeenth Avnick. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't cross the river, so it's definitely in the southwest. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's a lot of space there, but I guess they have their ideas. Well, yeah. what they're what they're planning on doing cuz that that area needs a lot of environmental remediation because there was a something plant there and the I think the soil's all full of creosote, so they need to they need to dig everything out, they need to replace it, they need to reinforce the banks against the bow. And so yeah. you need a really, really big ticket to, uh, like, what do they call it? An anchor tenant right. to really spearhead that kind of stuff. So they're hoping that the stadium could be that anchor tenant. Sure. Yeah. I know a lot about this because I knew one of the guys who was involved at the the local government level. Yeah. For, for what it's worth, it's not gaining a ton of traction within city council. Yeah, very vocal proponents and very vocal opponents. And who is it? Sean Chu? It's Sean Chu, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know specific counselors. That guy's a putz. They, uh, yeah. So, Rob, if you're, you're curious about it, it's the Calgary Next project. Okay. I'll look it up. But yeah. Huh. Anyway. Anyway, going coming back to to the Sportsnet thing. Twenty five dollars a month for over the top sports. I'm I'm hoping this becomes a trend. And yeah. Uh, I would totally buy that. Less I'm, less semi-legal ways to get sports content if you don't have cable. Well, yeah. and the thing about the quasi-legal ways of doing it is it's not always reliable. So if I can get access to all the streams, like, yeah. man, I when, am when, I'm, I'm almost... Now my gut is saying you shouldn't do this because you'll waste so much time watching Leafs games. <laughs> <laughs> when When the Olympics were getting streamed and when the world cup was getting streamed though that was amazing like i think cbc did both of those i think they were streaming the world cup games as well as the the olympics events and it was i it it allowed me to participate in the collective excitement without having to pay for cable right i also think it's really funny depending on where you are when the world cup is on and when the winter olympics are on it's just nobody is under the illusion that you're getting work done during the gold medal like hockey game it's just yeah i like that yeah culture's neat 
the um to 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 wrap this up i'm on bell so we have some sportsnet channels when i go into the sportsnet app that now has this built in uh i can go in and access the specific channels like log into bell on the app go to specific channels and i can see whether i'm subscribed to them uh which ones i get and so like for me 25 dollars a month is not worth the sports thing right like it's not worth it just for sports because we're already only paying i mean with with tax and everything it's 130 dollars but we're already paying like we're getting really really good internet and cable which is a bunch of channels in addition to everything all the sportsnet regional channels the only ones we're not getting are sportsnet one 360 which i'm not actually sure what that is specifically and then the world like the international one right this is good for people who are paying that hundred dollars a month just for sports like that's all they use right yeah yeah i'm just thinking about it and being like how much money do i spend going to a bar to watch the big games (laughs) true but see that's that's a different experience to me though when I go out it's to a watch the Super Bowl, to me. when I go out to watch the Super Bowl, I do that for the going out part. And the Super Bowl is like, that happens to be on and it's a thing we're all doing. But I don't, I wouldn't go and say, I need somewhere to watch the game. Oh, let's go to a bar. And that's just me. Right. I, I know what you're saying. Though, I would right? get it for the convenience. Totally. Yeah. Also, I, the Super Bowl is just so overrated. <laughs> Because I don't understand football, and I don't want to understand football. That, At least NFL football. That makes sense. So, I don't, I don't know. Do you guys... I want to talk a little bit about the Tesla, but I don't want to make it an afterthought. Well, we're at an hour already. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, do you guys want to provide initial thoughts on tesla do you want to just wrap up now and talk about it next week i i think if we talk about it now or if we wrap up now talk about the iphone se in after show yeah and save everything else for next week okay that works if nick's okay with that so you do want to give first thoughts now no well we can not in any sort of discussion sense but let, all right, let's say let's save it for next week then. But uh, none of us pre-ordered Teslas, and now it might be another year or two until we actually get one. But it's, we'll. I guess as a summary, like it's what happened isn't new. Like we all knew about the Tesla three. Knew it was coming. We didn't know what exactly it was. Right. I, I yeah, still don't, don't know, know because, what it is. Yeah, I still don't know either. Well, that's that's not on anybody but you. I, I'm not saying it is. <laughs> <laughs> so look it, look into it over the the next week. Uh, I have the but best guess, of intentions right now, but I'm probably not going to. <laughs> <laughs> that having been said, uh, we'll wrap up for this week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Future Chat. You can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat to see old episodes of the show and a whole lot more. Thanks for listening. Bye. Toodaloo. Ciao. iPhone SE. I did not buy one. Shocker. But I want one. I actually do. I actually do like it. I I appreciate it for what it is. I see why they did it. And I'm glad it's there for people who want it. But I have the five as a work phone right now. And I can't stand using that for anything other than reading email. So because it's so small. 
because it's so small. Like, but, and that's compared media, to your note. Yes. Well, even yeah. compared to the Nexus Four that I had prior, it's it's still the same. Like, it's, okay. I can't I can't manage something that small for anything for any sort of media consumption. Even reading articles like mm. online, I can't I can't stand it. Reading emails is fine because it's like one paragraph and right. I can get the gist of it. I'll open an attachment on it just to see what it looks like, but I won't be able to do any sort of extended use of it. Um, I obviously both you guys listen to Hello Internet and obviously they talked about it this most recent one or the one before yeah the most recent yeah and it seemed like gray was of the same mindset that right now or it was a brady oh no brady right now he he reads he watches videos on his yeah larger his six and he does he's not sure if he could do the same on the se but he wants the se because he likes the smaller form factor right and gray uses a larger phone plus his watch yeah from what i remember um, and his iPad Pro, which I'm jealous of. <laughs> and, uh, but he, he seemed to be on board with a larger phone and, but Brady wanted the smaller. And I think that's, that's the kind of person it's made for someone who likes the power of the newer phones, but the form factor of the smaller ones. Yeah. Okay. Nick, so Nick, Nick wants to say something. I do. <laughs> Is this going to be the after show? Yes. Okay. Cause I missed out on the, on going for a bike ride on the really nice days. And I really want to go for a bike ride. And I don't mean to sound like a dick, but if we're just talking about the iPhone SE, I'm going to go for a bike ride. Well, we're, we're talking about the interview you did. That, that's all. That's the point of this. Oh, are we? So if you want to, we don't have to. Yeah. We just haven't talked about the SE yet on the show. And you went through all the trouble of getting the interview that I, I do want us to. Okay. Put in the show. We're going to talk about the interview. That's fine because I did do that. But otherwise, I'm just going for a bike ride. Do you, do you want to spend two minutes and reflect on the interview maybe? And then Mike and I can finish up the... We can talk about the it? interview. I thought good design points were made by someone who's mm-hmm. very interested in design specifically. Okay. Apparently, the rest of the kids are interested in the iPhone SE. Is it the 6 yeah. SE or just the SE? No, just the just SE. SE why do they even have a nomenclature system why <laughs> it's it's special edition <sighs> see at least samsung's make sense it's like s s2 s3 dot 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 note note 2 note 3 dot 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 nexus it's, yeah well that's yeah nexus is not a good example of that No, because well not with the seven. tablets now but because <laughs> we've gotten anyway. to the nexus 6 and that's yeah, I don't know what I, they're going to do I'll grant you that Apple doesn't really make gra- Apple doesn't really make sense. I honestly feel that Apple's offerings are going downhill without Steve Jobs at the helm. Ooh. I didn't think it would matter. Shots fired. Seriously though, like <laughs> what are you specifically saying? Like what what specifically is going downhill? Generally, the vision of the company. Okay, like from. From a lot of the feedback I'm getting, it just seems like everything's getting worse. So as a person who listens to a lot of Apple podcasts and commentary and watches the Apple events multiple times in some cases, mm-hmm. in all cases, uh, I also hear that. But the point 
at the end of all of this, these are all people who use Apple products. Some of them also use Android and Windows in, in certain cases, and they definitely have their complaints about those too. And so it, it does seem like things have either changed or diminished. And sorry, I'm but, not saying that it's getting like bad. I'm saying mm-hmm. that it's not as good as it could have been with better a better leadership group. Sure. I I, I mean, most of the leadership is good like is is the same yeah no i get that it's just they don't have the visionary at the helm right a visionary who has been wrong and has had things overturned on them to great acclaim like it's not perfect and you can put all the thoughts on him but some of these design decisions i think you're referring to were were made by an apple that was still with him in charge so just to kind of throw another thought out there Please could do. it be could it be that just the industry or the market has changed such that apple is no longer the pioneer it once was it's it's now trying to innovate as much as possible but even that is coming to a plateau because there's only so many things you can innovate on so before when they released, you know, the first iPod, the first iPhone, the first, you know, the iMac that was revolutionary, um, all these kinds of different things. Now it's like we put 3D touch in. Oh, now we have Apple Pay. Like all these things are smaller. They're still innovative. They're still, you know, they, they're new and they, you know, make the product better. But they're not game changing the same way it was before. And it just happens to coincide with Steve Jobs versus Tim Cook. So my reaction to that, like Apple Pay is great. I still I miffed that it's Apple that's getting to it first because I own Android and I'm probably not going to abandon that thread or that stream. Apple did not get to it first. Android. Yeah, that's true. But like in North America. I feel the adoption so. of it. Yeah, Even the adoption North America, of it. Like Google Wallet came out way before, yeah. but people didn't start accepting mobile payments yeah. until Apple Pay really came out, that, especially yeah. in the States. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so the adoption of it has yeah. been Apple's. All right. That's not Apple's Fine. fault. That's like because of Apple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, details. I'm still yeah. super, super stoked about Apple Pay because I think it's great. Mm-hmm. If only because it's forcing the widespread adoption because people are stupid. Yeah. Um, but it's more things like more choices. Like, uh, I mean, putting new technology into an old body, like, or what's the other, th- like what's happening to iTunes in that it's getting bulked up with more <laughs> and more different functions. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was just, it just served the purpose that it needed to. Right. And now they're like, oh, this is a great system. We should get just get it to do this other thing and this other thing and this other thing. And that just screams Microsoft to me. Well, it it screams mature tech company, I think, more than anything. Like one of the cool things that Google does is, is that almost by design, they will come out with things, let them mature and then cut them down at the knees and release something new in, in its place. And so, for instance, Gmail was released as an April Fool's joke, incidentally, like 10 years ago, a little probably more than 10 years ago now. And last year or two years ago, something like that, they announced Inbox by Gmail, which is a new Wait, look. Back at up. Email. You said you said Gmail was announced as an April Fool's joke. Yeah, it was. 
How? The Gmail beta was announced on April 1st at, with one gig of email storage 10 years ago when that was completely unheard of. And then it was one of the things that turned out to be a real product. Right. It wasn't, it didn't start out as a joke. It was on it was April, April Fool's 1st. and people were like, yeah, right. And then it was real. That's it was not the same thing. No, that's not it's, the same not, thing as an April that's Fool's That's not saying joke. it started out as an April Fool's joke, Rob. It was announced on April 1st, and it... That's fine. If you look Lots at the dictionary definition 1st. of April 1st, <laughs> you'll see that it is April Fool's, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm going Rob, with. Rob, stop being my sensationalist. I okay. can't believe this. On April 1st this year, Google announced that you can search in Google Photos with emoji now, which okay. is an April Fool's thing that is also real. April Fool's things are not real. No, but that's, that's the definition Google, of an April Fool's thing. This is what Google does. They release weird, like unbelievable things that are real on April 1st. That's a Google April Fool's thing. But the mic drop thing was actual, actually a joke. And it was real. But <sighs> like, okay. you, you understand okay, what well, I'm let's, saying, let's, right? Let's, let's, they, no, they're they like blurring the lines, man. <laughs> <laughs> they took an okay, April Fool's joke. Nick, like, okay, Nick, so in your interview when you talked about Rob loosely using <laughs> dictionary terms, listen though, yeah, I what? laughed very much at that, and this is a perfect. <laughs> what is my dictionary know, definition? Right? <laughs> what dictionary definition are we talking about? It doesn't matter because I will look continue. it up and I will loosely interpret. No, no, no. It, guys. <laughs> are we ta- okay? Are you talking about the dictionary definition of an April Fool's joke? Because I don't think that's in a dictionary. It's fine. Just continue. No, okay. I, I really want to understand what you mean. What's the you, what's the part you're I'm saying? Not- it started out as a joke, but that's just because it was announced on April first doesn't make it a joke. Okay, so here this is this is my my kind of defining thing. Let's talk about the day before April first, March thirty first. Yeah, March thirty first. Okay, if gmail if google announced we have we're coming out with an email service tomorrow with which gives you this is 2004 so picture 2004 Mm. we're coming out with an email (laughs) service and it's going to give every user one gigabyte of email storage you would say haha very funny gmail that's a hilarious april fool's joke and then if the next day on april 1st they released it you'd be like wow that april fool's joke was real the same thing Would with the emoji. You? It's only a joke because you thought it was a joke. That's not. But it's an April Fool's joke. Like that's so an April Fool's joke is like their what was it? Their Java service where they said <laughs> that alongside Google Fiber, yeah, they would have a little nozzle from which you could get coffee. Right. Which still sounds like an amazing product. I would totally pay for that, Google. <laughs> I just want to be on record as saying that. Right. That was an April Fool's joke. Yes. Because it didn't happen. Right. Well. So this is like, okay. So what do you mean, it's well? Like, it's like, wow, it's like, we don't know that it's not happening, Nick. It's like, a Schro- it's like a Schrodinger's cat situation. You don't know if it's a joke. Right. Until it does or doesn't happen. But every year, Google, like Google's various teams, they have like Alphabet has a ton of different product teams. Every year, they had come up with four or five different things that... Some of which, every year, some of them are real. And so you have to be skeptical not only that some of them are fake, but that some of these fake-sounding things might actually have been implemented. Like, they also had Google Cardboard Plastic, where you just, like, wear a a see-through thing over your face. 
to experience the real world. Okay, like, let's l- l- let's agree on this before we go down this rabbit hole any further. We're we're both understand what we're saying. So I know what you're saying. So it's everything starts out as either a joke or not a joke. Right. Okay. And if it happens to stick, it's not a joke, but it quote unquote started out as a joke. Right. If it doesn't stick, it's a joke and did start out as a joke. Like, so, okay. That, that, that's what you're saying. And I understand that. But to say Gmail started out as an April Fool's joke, I think that's wildly stretching the definition of what an April Fool's joke is. Here's an example that I'll come up with that will upset, like, like the mic drop feature upset a lot of people. Okay. There was a lot of backlash. They did implement it and people reacted very poorly. Yeah. If in 2017 on April 1st, Google said, we're bringing back Google Reader. <laughs> and then it <laughs> right. turned out to be a joke. Like they could easily do that. They could I, implement I would that. actually go iPhone after that. <laughs> I would just be entirely said, on the iPhone ecosystem. It would be the best prank ever. I'm, 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 I'm guessing if, if I'm thinking about Google product teams coming up to April 1st every year, they brainstorm a bunch of different possible jokes, the teams, and then they say, in certain situations, they say, this is a hilarious joke. We could probably actually implement that. Like with mm-hmm. the mic drop, they took an existing feature mute and they added a GIF and then okay. set up a little button. Like these are, they're, they're jokes, but they're also potential real things. And so if they are real and they have enough time and an engineering knowledge to do it, and if it seems like it's worthwhile in real life to actually have this thing, then they would do it. But okay. it but starts prior, off with a joke. Prior to Gmail, Google didn't have an email service, did they? No, there was, and it no, was Gmail right. beta. Right. So, right. but you don't come up with an entirely new email service with a back end and a team and programmers and all this no. kind of stuff as a joke. But it was a beta. It was a very small invite only beta at that. Like that was the announcement was okay. like a gigabyte and we're letting people in very slowly. Like okay. it wasn't right. They're testing the waters. I don't think it was necessarily this big okay. launch. Like it's not like go sign up now. It was like sign the wait, yeah. like join the waiting list. Yeah. I th- I think we've exhausted this train of thought enough and we're probably long past where we were originally going with it i gotta i gotta ask though is the snoop viewing option on youtube (laughs) gonna stay because that is a very valuable service that i get a lot from okay here's another good example i was reminded of this oh no i don't think it is gonna stay here here's an example of of that kind of thing where they put the thing in so last year i was reminded of this because last year Google or Chrome came out with a feature on mobile that allowed you to take a selfie in the bottom half of your Chrome window. So you could take, I, I did this cause I searched for Chewbacca and that, and I came up on my memories in Facebook where you could take a picture of yourself along with a screenshot of a website on your phone and then you could share it with people. Okay. That was an April fool's joke. It came out on April 1st, but it, they also implemented it. Okay. And, but then it went away after a day. Right. So like they, that took engineering resources to figure out, to push an update but to mobile. They but didn't it was create a joke. Chrome as the joke and say, hey, guys, with this new browser, you can do this selfie thing. I, I agree with you. I agree. Chrome but I'm saying already there. Some engineering needed to be put no, in place. I'm not saying if engineering is needed, it's not a joke. But to release an entire email service as a joke, that right. is ridiculous. And they did it. No, but they did it as like the the framing of it was like, this is April 1st. 
here's this thing that nobody's going to believe, but it turned out to be real. Like, that's how it was framed. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, I know what you're saying. It made it that much more unbelievable that it was on April 1st. And that was the plan. That was the whole point. It was like, there's this huge thing we have that nobody's going to believe, but we actually did it. It's a, it, it's the kind of thing that Apple would do in their product launch, good Apple that we're not, we're not talking about this, this hypothetical potential bad Apple. It's going to, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a few more years before we actually see if that plays out, it, which it could. But it's like, here's this big thing. You didn't think we could do it. Or if we told you that we had done it, you wouldn't necessarily believe us, but we did it. Here it is. This was a very deep rabbit hole. Do you guys want to climb out? Nick, do you want to go for a bike ride now? Do you need to cleanse your soul? <laughs> I. How much longer are we going? It's actually not okay, so that nice out, so <laughs> I could stay. <laughs> okay, so let's let, let's let's switch gears and and talk about this interview and give us a, a backstory to it because we're not going to play it real time. We'll just throw it no. in there. But yeah. Nick, why don't you why don't you set the stage? I uh, I talked with Kai's relative, Cleo Mayer, who is big into design, fashion, all that jazz. Although, as I suspected, not that into Ugg boots or infinity scarves. <laughs> so, I mean, her status as a white girl is, you know, not currently confirmed. Sure. But we talked about the iPhone SE, and she is not at all in favor of it. She really didn't like the design of the 5, which is based off of. Right. That's about it. Just, she just it for was, context, she is in high school? She is in high school. Okay. She's okay. 17 years old. Okay. That's fine. I just I just want people to have that context. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That is the context. She was okay. not at all pleased with the SE. A lot of her friends were pleased with the SE. So I wanted to get her thoughts down. Just so you said a lot of her friends were or weren't? Because it sounded like were. she was A lot yeah, of her friends were just thrilled with it. Yeah. 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 And so okay. she felt very passionately on the subject. So I thought I would get it down and give it to you guys right yeah and, and it, it was it was very valuable i i felt that it was it was a good interview and it gave some insight into into the mind of children <laughs> kind of but we not really that, like <laughs> it, it was interesting to hear that perspective because i think as someone who tries to follow tech news and is that's kind of the bubble that i'm in you don't hear the other side all that much Right. Like, I I think you, you get flooded and biased towards one specific perspective, I think, mm. if that makes sense. So it was it was beneficial to hear a different perspective and, and how that could be taken. Yes, this that, that was the objective because yeah. I really didn't care, but she cared deeply. Mm -hmm. And now I believe I have locked up the title of senior correspondent. <laughs> yes. Yes. If this is official. If that was ever in doubt, it is no longer in doubt. Let me just, I'm going to update my lower third now that we have that. <laughs> so he, here's what I think about af after having listened to that, here's what I. So, so just let, let, let's, let, before we start talking about it, mm -hmm. we'll play the interview now and then this part will be after. Or. I'm going to put it as a separate because putting a 20 minute clip at the end of a hour and a half 
podcast and then having more conversation <laughs> does not. What about what about just some highlights? Just yeah, some just, highlights just at least right one there. highlight. Yeah, I'll we'll see. Okay, um, okay. I'm pretty sure Ray it's going to be a separate it piece. Based Ray does on it that. all the time. These Don't. are it, it's, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> it, it's going to be. I'll post it together, like in, in tandem with this episode. But it's okay. going to be in its own like a thing, bonus feature, and I'll link to it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it'll be in the podcast feed either way. Yes. Okay. So if it's if it's a separate f- clip, go listen to it now and then come back. Yeah. We'll wait. <laughs> I mean, we don't even have to wait. <laughs> we could leave 20 minutes of dead air here, but. <laughs> <laughs> Which we should. <laughs> I think that for her. She curved... needs a better appreciation of how warranties work. No. I feel well, like yeah, that's, that's one that... point. <laughs> yes. So she really appreciates curves on electronic devices, I, I guess, in general. But specifically I, on, on I iPhones, w- she liked the curved designs. Yeah. I really wanted to jump in with, would you say that real phones have curves? You did say that. But then, you did say that. Did I? Okay. Because yeah. I thought yeah. I just didn't manage to get it in. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that – like, because she was complaining a lot about the 5 design – Yes. And, but it was, it was almost exactly a four stretched out in height and thinned down a little bit. Okay. She didn't say good things about the four either, though. She didn't, but it doesn't have curves. No. So I'm not surprised knowing that curve, like if you, if you look, look at it in the, in the fact that she likes the curved designs, it makes complete sense that she wouldn't like something that doesn't have them. But a lot of what a lot of people say, and they absolutely valid, is that it's in terms of ergonomics, it's much easier to hold something that doesn't have those curves, not on something that's so thin, because our hands, the thing that you use to hold it, don't really have the same kinds of curves as a smartphone would because it's too thin. It's not going to be ergonomic to hold something curved because it's just going to kind of slide out of your hand if it's not the right shape and it and the phone that's the thinnest that phones are these days it's not a it's not a nice curve to hold there are a lot of people who love like hold up the iphone 5 design as the best uh like in terms of industrial design we're talking about if you're talking about fashion and that side of design, it's a totally different thing where trends change and things come in and out with industrial design. There are sets of standards that are separate. And so when, when that phone came out, mechanical engineers and, and those kinds of designers on the technical side of things absolutely praised it in like roundly. They absolutely loved it. Is it ironic that they praised it roundly, even though it wasn't as curved? A little. Is that irony? Is that what irony is? Maybe. Okay. We'll stretch the definition of it to yes. include that. I'm certainly not one to adhere to dictionary definitions. <laughs> but so it really seemed like a lot of the things like if you dropping your phone and having it break, sometimes that breaks, sometimes it doesn't. That's really very chance-based and depends how often you drop stuff but the in terms of liking one design versus another it doesn't really it doesn't seem like a reason not to like 
a phone when they also sell a phone that does have curves. That was right. the part where I was like, okay, that's f- like nobody's at- you don't have to buy it. Okay. It's okay. So let's on that note, let's go to her second argument of so it's yeah, so the one aspect was she just didn't like it objectively, just the design of the phone. The other was the idea and again, this might be more what she's been hearing from friends cuz our impression was that she didn't do her own research right. and watch any of the keynote and kind yeah. of get the feeling of the intent of the announcement or the mm-hmm. release. Yeah. But her idea was that Apple felt they were innovating by releasing a phone that was literally, well, as little as you can get because there's minor differences, but yeah. literally the same design as the five mm-hmm. with literally the same internals as the six S six S. Yeah. Um, and saying, oh, look, we have this brand new product. Look how innovative we are. That's That was her stance on it. Mm-hmm. And the whole point and my whole feeling of it, and I guess this is where you know being in a specific bubble or perspective is beneficial, is that wasn't the intent of the release. Mm. So it what was, was the give, intent? It was to give people the 5's form factor with the technology of the 6S. Yeah. Because people wanted the 6S, but they couldn't get bring themselves to get something that big which is why they wanted to release the SC that gay had the form factor they loved with the technology yeah. they loved as well. So wait, what are the sizes right now? There's the six plus, which is supposedly huge. 5.5 inches. Okay. And how big is the six normal or whatever? Six S is 4.7 inches. And the five or the SE, the formerly the five S okay. is four inches. So they wanted a modern four-inch phone. <laughs> and then I look at my phone and I'm like, how big's my phone now? <laughs> I think it's like 5.2? The 5, I think, is 5 inches or 4.95 or something. It's very slightly over 5, I think. Yeah. Mike, what do you have now? I have the Note 4, and that one is oh, 5.7. Okay. All right. So, okay. Like- so, so here, let me look at hey, – so the 6S Plus is 5.5. The 6S is 4.7 and the SE is 4. I said that, but I know. Go I'm on. just conf- I'm just confirming on actual I wasn't specs. I wasn't paraphrasing. I knew that That's, for a fact, okay. but go on. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, so it is 4.95 inch. Yeah. I know how big phones are. I've been doing this for a year now. I I don't, and that's why I'm trying to go into it, Rob. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't either. That's why I was confirming and saying it has been definitively confirmed. We don't have to rely on Rob's knowledge. Thanks guys. <laughs> it's it's like what we did with the soviets rob we trust you but we verify at the same time nick <laughs> nick do you trust me now that i i gave you a specific answer of 4.95 inches for your phone and that's exactly <laughs> what it was i know the numbers it's very good rob it didn't match up with my recollection and that's why i checked okay but uh yeah they wanted a modern four inch phone and that's why they did it um, the one thing that I did want to say, she commented on wanting a 5C. Yeah. Because but, she specifically said she wanted a 5C because of the curves, like because it felt like the 3G generation. And to me, and to, to probably many people, if you made this comparison, the 5C was the se of the fifth generation like it was it was going back to the the three but making it modern 
And so they had a better industrial design, but it was the plastic back in the exact same way as the 3G and 3GS were. It it was the form factor of the four though, wasn't it? Like it was the form factor of the four, but yeah, with the sort of right aesthetic of the 3G. Sure. Which, which she liked. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense, but but, it was, it was, it was put out as like they put the five out and then they put the five S and five C out. So the, the 5C was the older generation launched as a new product. Right. Or like to, which, it was the low cost iPhone. Yeah. Which, which is the that same thing. is ironic because she criticized yeah, the exactly. SE for doing that. Exactly. So that's, right. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just knowing so Cleo, I, I wonder what would happen if they had made it orange because that is <laughs> exactly. Color. If they made she probably it, would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> if they had made a five or a 6C in four inch size, but I made it colorful. I I think she would have really liked it. Yeah. But it was the fact that it was designed in the the form factor. She didn't like, as opposed to the one she did that made her not like it. It sounds about right. Which is fine. Yeah. That's she's allowed to feel that way. If we're being completely honest, being a person who's had, I had the five, I had the five S I would love to have a colorful iPhone. I would love to have like a a blue or a green or whatever color. I would love to have a colored iPhone with the modern specs, which has never happened before. Really? With the 5C, they released the colors, but they were last year's hardware. Because I've never really, as this total after show like (laughs) rabbit holes, but I've never really seen the appeal of a colorful phone. It's just cool. It's just like, yeah. It's different. I, I, I kind of want it to. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I see the, the, the appeal of that. I, I think the novelty for me would wear off a bit quickly because then it just becomes normal. It, yeah, but, but it, it would still be fun. Like, it would yeah, be easier to sure. see. Like, when I get a new phone, I'm getting a rose gold one because I think that color looks awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, when I was looking at phone cases, like a backing mm-hmm. for my, my note, they had, like, a, basically an electric blue one and a just a steel gray one or whatever you want to call it yeah and i opted for the steel gray because for one i pull my phone out in professional settings and having an electric (laughs) blue phone would be kind of weird Mm -hmm. and and just i know that i'd be like oh look at this cool blue case and it just becomes normal and if anything an eyesore after a while but (laughs) i i see the appeal of having a different type phone which is where having something like a modular phone where you can customize it and and swap out different things i think that'd be kind of fun yeah. Rob, and I guess that's why that that's why the f- phone accessories market is so big because sure. people want cases to customize their phone. Totally, mm-hmm. Rob, have you heard John Oliver's review of the rose gold color? Yeah, because that's why you were like, "I'm getting rose gold." <laughs> I love it. Okay, I love it so much. I'm it's glad wonderful. that it makes you happy. Yeah, I'm kind of ambivalent. <laughs> I think. I think it's a nice aesthetic and but more than anything it's a change. Like I've I've alternated black and white phones for 5 years now and it's different. Would you describe it as hashtag #real change? Mm, maybe. It's 2016. It's about time we had some hashtag #real change. <laughs> it's about time we had some hashtag #pink phones. Okay. <laughs> do uh do we have anything else to say on this? We're we're approaching 2 hours at a rapid clip. I would no, like we're, to, we're out an hour and a half. I would like to jump in with a comment on my new phone, and it is probably mm-hmm. 
aside from the fact that it's a new phone and it, and it actually works, which is nice. There's not just constant lag everywhere. The one thing I love most about the Nexus five is they've gone back to having the mat or mate, whatever you want to call it, the matted finish on the back. Mm -hmm. So I can set it down on something smooth and not worry that it's going to fall off because I still don't want to buy a case because for whatever reason, I just am constantly overheating my phones. Right. Yeah. So and I I really desperately want the ability to set it on its back so I'm not scratching up the screen. But at the same time, be, you know, secure in the knowledge that if the surface isn't perfectly level, it's not going to drop on the tile floor and crack a million times again right again (laughs) i i cracked my last phone it's the first time that's ever happened with me right when did that happen i don't remember you mentioning that uh i didn't because of the deep deep shame involved (laughs) (laughs) so i i haven't dropped a lot of phones we've talked about this before but i have had some mishaps i've never had a phone screen like explode neither have i i haven't had that my like the biggest crack i've had now is it was a crack in the Nexus 4 that went from, well, it just encompassed the top right corner. Like the crack right. actually went around the camera screen, <laughs> which was <Nice>. fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so w- when I got the iPhone 6, it tweaked my phone handling behavior in that when I used to, when I would give my phone to someone, now I have a slippery, like just very slippery described iPhone 6. I handle it. I haven't dropped it, but I handle it in a way that, I haven't handled phones before. When I had the five generation, like the ones that didn't have the curves, I would always hand it to people edge on. Like I'd grab it by the edge and I would hand it to them. And then when they handed it back to me, I would grab it on the edges again. Like I'd grab it the way I would hold it to look at it. But now I use a much stronger vice grip when I'm handing it and I hold it on the back and front. Right. In in both giving and receiving. Because How often do you give your phone to someone? Like Seems look like at a picture or something or to read something quite a bit. Okay. So whenever I do that, I always hold or, or when I'm like taking it in and out of my pocket, I don't grab it by the sides. I grab it front and back to get mm. a much better like leverage on it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I also just, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I also noticed that I just dropped my four a lot more, especially out of my pocket. And I'm not sure mm. if that's to do with like, pocket lining phone coefficients of friction (laughs) or whether it's just i have been particularly cavalier in the last two years with phones but right no the four is very slippery it's super slippery yeah i I just i'm so glad they changed it for the five because that that was my that was literally my biggest concern (laughs) 